welcome to Second Look. I am your host, Benjamin Green, and this is the show where we talk about politics, faith, culture, issues, events, you name it, we can talk about it. This show is brought to you by the one and only Outset Network. Make sure you check out all of our Outset podcasts. You can find us in iTunes or at outsetmagazine.com slash podcasts. Last week, I talked about why I'm not a libertarian anymore, a bit on um, what brought me to libertarianism, and then a bit of what pushed me away. And we're going to continue that um, this week, just a l- another little discussion about it, because I actually got quite a bit of feedback on the last episode, more than I'd gotten on, on any other episode of the show, even those first 42 episodes of your the ones we are pretending don't exist. Um, but I I just wanted to say a big thank you to everybody who gave me feedback, whether it was about content or style. Um, it really means a lot to me that you guys listen to the show and are engaging with it. So thanks again for sending that my way. And just based on some of the feedback I got, I thought that I should follow up on a few things from last week's episode. So, uh, the first one is, last week in the episode, I I said that all political decisions are moral decisions, and I listed this as one of the things that pushed me away from libertarianism, because libertarians try to um, say libertarians don't want the government to legislate morality. That's a very common thing to hear in libertarian circles. And I was saying all political decisions are moral decisions. It's not possible to separate the two. Well, uh, some people might have heard that as um, all political decisions are morally correct. That's not what I was attempting to convey at all. It's just kind of obviously not true. (laughs) Um, Government is a human institution. Everything that involves humans involves mistakes or also intentional malice. And governments frequently have laws that are unjust. Um, So I was not saying that they're all morally right, all political decisions. I was simply saying that they're all in the realm of morality. Another thing I might have conveyed that I did not intend to convey is that all decisions in politics are made with morals up front and center as motivation. And again, that that's not what I was trying to do. I think it's pretty clear that um, most of the political decisions are not made with the, like... Well, because I subscribe to utilitarianism, I am going to decide this way. Like, I think that most political decisions are made based on, you know, politics. Politics and money. Um, So, I was not attempting to say that. Once again, just for clarification, when I said all political decisions are moral decisions, what I was intending to convey was it's impossible to completely divorce morality from the political decision-making process. So I got some pushback from a friend of mine on this who said that this isn't a true critique of libertarianism. It's not even, you know, a notable point, a meaningful point. He said that a difference in moral system 
doesn't do much to change decision making and that this is borne out in experiments as well as just observation. In other words, that people will basically want the same things when it comes to government regardless of their own moral underpinnings. So, like I said a moment ago, utilitarianism versus someone who operates under, uh, one of the examples he cited was the Kantian imperative, um, that those people, those systems don't actually affect the majority of political decision making. So, because of all this, he argues that, that political decisions are made for their intended positive effects, and it's not fair to say that the decisions are inherently affected by morals. I, I appreciate his feedback on this, but I do stand by my point. I, I just think he's simply wrong. I, I think... So with this idea that all decisions have a root of morality, when, when I was first trying to explain to him what exactly I meant, he brought up the famous, um, well, I suppose it's only famous in certain circles, so you may not know about this. If you go onto a Wikipedia page, any random Wikipedia page, and click on the very first outgoing link on that page, so the very first link that takes you to a different Wikipedia page, and then when you get to that new one, then you also click to the very first link that takes you to a different Wikipedia page, and so on and so on and so on. Something like 95% of the pages on Wikipedia eventually end up at the philosophy page. It's like everything goes back to philosophy. That is kind of similar. It, it's a pretty good analogy for what I was arguing here. Every decision, if we, in, if we look into, okay, we just made this decision. Why did we do that? And why was the why there? And, and keep asking ourselves and find the very, very roots of the decision. The underpinnings of that decision are going to be morality. Um, and so all decisions have at their root moral underpinnings. At an individual level, it's based on your own moral standards. At a governmental level, it's based on society's moral standards. At the root, that's what it is. Even decisions that seem, you know, purely political, if you trace them back, it, it comes back to society's morality the fact that we as a society have allowed this particular political system and stuff like that. I'm not going to get into an example because that would just take up way too much time. I think you understand what I'm saying. If you take a decision and dig and dig and dig and dig into why that decision was made, eventually you will end up at moral underpinnings. So, so what I would argue is that because those moral standards, whether or not they're at the forefront of the decision-making process is completely irrelevant. Because they're at the root of every decision that's made, each decision can be interpreted as a moral judgment. Because the very root of that decision is something moral. And because of that, as much as libertarians would wish it to be otherwise, all political decisions are at their core, moral decisions. Every legislative action a government takes is, at its root, legislating morality. So that's just some, some clarification. 
I hope I didn't uh, confuse you last week, but... Also, in this past week, I was lucky enough to be interviewed by Outset's amazing editor-in-chief, Stephen Perkins, and I love any time I get to have a conversation with Stephen, um, and it was... A lot of fun to go on his show. I will put the link to that in the show notes. If you want to know a little bit more about me, um, it's it, it was a really good talk with Stephen. Um, and so I hope you give it a listen and enjoy it. But just because I know there are some people on this show who won't go listen to that. That was about an hour long. Um, but just because I know there are a few of you who... Maybe you all hate Stephen. I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. But I wanted to repeat some of the stuff that I said on there just from a few minutes of our conversation. So it won't be too redundant, I promise. If you listen to this and then go back and listen to that, there will still be, uh, you know, lots and lots of conversation that you haven't heard before. But one of the things that Stephen and I did talk about was... Um, my journey away from libertarianism. And he brought up a point that I thought was really good and definitely is a part of it. And I did not list it in last week's episode, but we, we ended up talking about how, um, a lot of libertarian arguments leave things out. They don't necessarily take into account all the risks involved, all the factors involved. And one of the examples that I t told about in on the show with Stephen was, let's just say let's, that, um, you know, we're operating under what is one of the basic uh, libertarianism tenets, which is you should be free to do whatever you want as long as you don't infringe on anybody else's right to do whatever they want. So you should be free to exercise your liberty as long as you don't infringe on someone else's liberty and or cause them harm. Um, and this is, again, I, libertarianism is a really broad word, but this is something that like the vast majority of libertarians would agree with. It is something that I used to agree with until I... I, I realize that this doesn't capture the complex nature of humanity. And let me just give you the example that I gave on the show with Stephen. Let's just take seatbelt laws. A lot of libertarians hate seatbelt laws because they say that the government has no right to tell you you can't wear a seatbelt because you're only endangering yourself. Um, so let's just say that uh, a man, we will name him... I usually use the name Stephen if I'm giving an example, but I feel like since I'm talking about my conversation with Steve, we'll say Evan. Evan's our managing editor here at Outset. We'll, we'll use his name. There's a guy named Evan, and he is driving down the road one day, minding his own business. He is obeying all the traffic laws, and out of the blue, someone slams into his car, and Evan is not wearing his seatbelt. And through no fault of his own, Evan's car is hit and Evan is killed. He's um, impaled on the steering column in a grotesque way. Well, what happens now? Well, now emergency response teams have to come in. So now we have ambulances, paramedics, we have police officers, 
all on the scene working this. The medical examiner has to come out. And the person who hit Evan was wearing their seatbelt and they survived. So a libertarian might look at this situation and say, well, it was Evan's responsibility and he wore the seatbelt and he only harmed himself. And it's a shame that Evan is now dead, but we still should not have seatbelt laws. I look at this situation and I see a much more complex situation. Not only did Evan hurt himself, Evan also hurt the driver who slammed into his car. That driver now has to deal with the fact that their, um, their actions, their mistake when they were driving along killed a man. And if he had been wearing his seatbelt, he would probably still be alive. But but that doesn't matter now because this driver now has to deal with this trauma that their mistake took someone else's life. That is harm that could have been avoided by wearing the seatbelt. Well, now we have the officers and paramedics who have to deal with this really grotesque situation. That's also harmful to them. They have trauma from that too. Okay, not only that, but it also costs money to taxpayers because now there has to be an autopsy done by the medical examiner and all sorts of things. And, and it becomes a way more expensive situation for the police department and the local government. So by not wearing his seatbelt, which would have saved his life, Evan has caused harm to the driver who hit him, to the police officers, to all of the taxpayers and the local government of that city. That is harm. And that is something that, like, the vast majority of libertarian arguments don't take into account. They just simplify things and don't take into account the complex nature of humanity and the complex nature of society. And that is definitely something that pushed me away. There are so many more factors that need to be considered. When we're coming to the table to talk about political issues, we have to take into account human nature, human society, and all of the complexities of it. So some on a somewhat similar note, um, one of the things that pushed me away from libertarianism ultimately was realizing that I came to life with a completely different set of assumptions than most libertarians did. And that's kind of on the note I was just talking about, the complexities of human nature. Most libertarians would agree with one of the following two statements. People are inherently good or people are inherently selfish. I would not agree with either one of those two statements, especially not the first one. The second one is closer, but I would argue, I would submit to you that people are inherently evil. People are inherently wicked. People inherently want to do wrong. People don't inherently want to do right. Uh, I This contradicts um, a lot of libertarianism at its core because most of things like we talk about voluntary taxation for police departments and stuff like that 
Well, most libertarians who think that people are inherently good are going to say, of course, people will, you know, spend some of their money to ensure that people have police protection. And if we privatize everything, there won't be too many negative effects and all the negative effects are going to be less than the negative effects that we have under government. I just simply don't believe that's true because I believe that people are inherently evil. I do believe that to an extent, people need protected from themselves and other people. I don't think that um, we can count in, in our form of governing. I don't think that we can count on people being good. I don't think we can count on people doing the right thing. When it happens, it's great, and it does happen. But I don't think that we can count on it because I don't think human nature is is oriented in that way. So that really is probably the biggest thing I come at differently from, from libertarians who might argue that people act always in their own self-interest all the time. I, I know I was taught that in my, my first economics class. Well, actually my only economics class. That's funny. I'm not trying to make myself sound more educated than I am. I only took one economics class, but I was taught in that class that, uh, People are inherently selfish and all decisions are rational decisions made in, in that realm. The, the enlightenment principles behind libertarianism, that of the individual, that of human reason, while they were originally something I liked, they're now um, something I disagree with. And after my year of working hard toward life integration... I just see things from a different perspective than I used to. And I come at issues with a different set of basic assumptions than I used to. Then I just wanted to talk a little bit more about why I would still support libertarian candidates. And it comes down to, it's probably best encapsulated in the quote, I'm pretty sure this is the late great Barry Goldwater who said, um, the government big enough to give you everything you want is also big enough to take it away. I think that as a general rule, smaller government is better. As a general rule, we should be wary about having the government as a provider of things in our lives because then we become dependent on the government and that's not okay. <laughs> Um, so I think that this perhaps better than any of the reasons I gave last week, um, I, I mentioned just offhand the role of government, but this is kind of the root of it. Libertarians in their skepticism of government, I think are an important voice to have in the government because they, they are viewing things from the perspective of, Hey, well, if the government is, big enough to give you healthcare benefits, then the government is also big enough to decide what healthcare treatments you are eligible to get and not. Um, that's a very powerful argument. And that's why I would still by and large support libertarian candidates, because while, while I don't agree with them on the basic roots of their philosophy, um, the outcome of a government run by libertarians would be more in keeping with my own personal philosophy than 
the outcome of a government run by, you know, even Democrats or Republicans. It would be closer to the vision I have for the way government should work. So I hope that clarifies a little bit if you had any questions coming from last week. Next week, we're going to be taking a look at what an integrated life is, um, why you should develop it for yourself, what it looks like. I, I'm really excited for next week's episode. Thank you so much again to everybody who came feedback. Thank you to everybody who listens to this show week by week. I do hope you'll head over to iTunes and subscribe and give us a rating because that really helps. If you listen to podcasts at all, you hear this from pretty much everybody, but it, it really does help us a lot if you go and, and give the star a rating. I hope you think it was worth five stars. Make sure you check out all of our other Outset podcasts at outsetmagazine.com slash podcasts. And you can follow me on Twitter at bgreenaz. You can find Outset on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Outset Network. That's all for today. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time.